Hello again, and welcome back to season three of our podcast, Talking to Humans. I'm one of your co-hosts, Mark Andrus, the care pastor here at Redemption Gateway. I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Vicki Demert, our counseling director. Hello, Vicki. Hello. We are excited um, not to be done with this because we enjoy doing this, but today is the finale. This is our last yeah. episode of season three. Our theme for this season uh, has been conflict, everybody's favorite thing. Yes. Um, had, and so... Most of just what we're going to do today on this podcast is just kind of do some debriefing, recapping, mm-hmm. talking through some themes, major takeaways. Um, there may be some things that come up like, oh man, I wish we would have talked about this. And we will try to do that in yeah. like two to five minutes per topic on this. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to kind of debrief and and uh, and see where God leads this. So uh, Vicki, this is exciting. I'm also excited to be done with this. And uh, I, what? <laughs> We both talk for a living. Yeah, this is true. And so it'll be nice to not have to talk for a while, you know. But uh, anyway, so Vicky, why, just kind of like pull the curtain back a little bit. As you were kind of thinking through this podcast and specifically this theme of conflict for season three, why did you choose conflict? Like what was on your heart? What was your thought process? Like why did you want to have some of these conversations and, and examine this particular subject? Yes, we, I, I think it's one of the, the main things that we see in conflict when, when somebody or in counseling is conflict. When, when somebody comes into counseling, there's usually some relational thing happening. Yes, we'll, we'll see maybe more isolated things like somebody's struggling with anxiety, um, but typically there's, there's some relational um, situation going on and just kind of being like, Generally speaking, we don't do conflict well. Um, I cannot argue with that statement. Yeah, and so kind of being like, hey, what are the components? What what would be helpful for people to to even just think about? Because really, in this this series, we just uh, it's the tip of the iceberg, you know. So kind of just maybe giving people things to think about more, research more, or um, ponder. Maybe there's been a little bit of a paradigm shift or a nugget that that they'll enter into. Um, relational conflict, just even a little bit differently. They, if they ask one more question or they, <laughs> they pause or they repeat back or, um, yeah, I think it would, it would just be helpful. Yeah. Well, that's great. I, I, I would affirm what you just said. Um, and not cause I'm a people pleaser that wants to avoid conflict because I actually think you're right. Like most of the time in counseling appointments or just in general kind of life conversations, discipleship, you know, I've got six kids running around. Yeah. There's always conflict. Yeah. Um, yep. Anything that's going on, there's going to be some kind of relational conflict. Um, and that's just kind of the, the common thread of human existence, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and so one of the one of the initial things that I was just thinking through, like this was kind of touched on or implied um, through a handful of our conversations over the course of the season. Um, but you and I have talked about this in other settings. We've talked about this in counseling with individual people. Um, but the idea of intent versus impact, yeah. right? In, in conflict, I have done something, you have been hurt by yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's true. That's, and we've personally had this conversation, <laughs> right? Like, but I've done something, you've been hurt and affected by it. Yeah. And a lot of times I'm surprised mm-hmm. or like, whoa, uh, how could you have possibly interpreted this thing that way? Yeah. Um, but So I've had one intent, but the impact has been completely yeah. different from my intent. Let's let's talk a little bit just about that that bigger picture of intent versus impact. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's hard to understand. Like when my intention, um, I had a good intention, and you're hurt. The temptation is to say, 
I want you to understand what my intent was. Therefore, then you shouldn't be hurt. Right. Um, if you just understood, I, that's not what I meant. I wasn't trying to hurt you. Um, so thus, don't don't be hurt and let's move on. Right. So So why doesn't that work? Because in a vacuum, that seems like it ought to be a true mm-hmm. statement. You are hurt because you had an interpretation of a situation. Yeah. And if you just took a different interpretation by understanding what I truly intended, therefore you wouldn't be hurt anymore yeah. and everything would be peachy keen. I don't know yeah. if people still say peachy keen, but yeah. I just did. So <laughs> hold that against me later. Yeah. Why doesn't that actually work? Yeah, because I think then my pain, wh- whether um, it should be or not, is still there and isn't being addressed. And so then I become, uh, my feelings, my experience become not a part of the equation. And we just don't function like that. So um, until my my hurt is going to be seen and, and engaged with, um, I'm not really going to be able to enter into your intent. Yeah. Typically speaking. Yeah. Like generally speaking. And there's probably exceptions to every rule. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, is, there is an aspect, like for whatever reason, a lot of us just tend to think through kind of a black and white Mm-hmm. Um, logical, rational lens. And this is not to say that having emotions or being hurt by something means that you are illogical yeah. or irrational. Yeah. But we tend to think if I can just get the right amount of information or if I can just get you to understand the right amount of information, how you feel will change. Yeah. Part of that might be true. Like, okay, now yeah. I can start to mm-hmm. see this differently. But what I have already felt about this thing yeah. is still there. Like it doesn't yeah. change. I can have this new interpretation, but it doesn't yeah. change or, yeah. or suddenly erase that previous yeah. negative experience. Yeah. And I want to say it, if I just need you to understand my intent, I'm actually cutting off curiosity and in, in the opportunity for you to get to know yourself better by under, by understanding why or what it was about that thing that was hurting you, mm. and and why is that the the pain that's there? Um, not to make things more confusing, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm going to. We'll see what um, happens. Yeah, <laughs> we've had the experience where I've been hurt by males in authority. In my past. Right. And so now when you maybe say or do something separate from that, my experience comes through that lens. Right. This has a little bit to do with like when Joyce and Marty were talking about and and the Wilcox and Sue talking about both family of origin and like the baggage that would Mm -hmm. bring into stuff that that forms and shapes why I engage in conflict the way I do. There's definitely some crossover there. Yes. Yep. And so um, now you really weren't intending to hurt me mm-hmm. um but maybe you say something or the way you say it i'm i'm hurt and and now if you just spend all of your time and focus on that wasn't my intent don't be hurt that's actually not going to help me work through whatever it is now whether or not you really did mean it yeah. or not or if there's anything i should have done differently yeah, maybe so not there's right maybe, maybe there really wasn't anything you you could have or should have done differently but here becomes an opportunity for you to actually like partner with god um for my um becoming more self-aware and being like hey like i know my intent wasn't to hurt you but i see that that you're hurt and i want to understand more about that um i, w- I want to enter into that and obviously that wasn't my intention but whether it was my intention or not, you're hurt. And so I'm assuming I have blind spots or there's something else going on that I'd like to explore. Yeah. That sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And very idealistic. <laughs> yes. It is very idealistic. Why is that so hard to do? Um, it, it, it takes, I think, control and um, self-awareness on the part of the person that 
that did hurt somebody to to say in humility, right? To say I'm gonna I'm gonna be open to the possibility that maybe I did did do something um, that I did hurt you, even though I wasn't that wasn't my intent, um, or something that I'm doing, whether it's my intent or not, is hurting you, and I care about your pain and I don't want to hurt you. So there maybe there's something like you just mentioned I need to to look at and do differently because maybe it's also in my blindness hurting other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, and I speak personally and also just from a lot of different folks that I've worked with, not like I have extensive experience about doing this for about four years now, kind of really focused in this area. And, um, there's, there's something on the line mm-hmm. for me to, uh, for me to lay aside my intent yes. in order to consider your impact. Yeah. Yep. I now have to be open to the possibility of a couple different things. Yes. One that um, maybe what happened was actually something that I really did intend to happen. Yeah. Right. And you see this in like some yeah. of the, like I, I use air quotes in this because people talk about it like this, even though I don't think this is necessarily true. Like the petty yeah. Marital conflict where it's like, you know, one of them will say something sharp. The other one will be like, well, I didn't mean that. I'm like, well, you said it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so if I, you know, in that kind of situation, like I have to begin to go, well, hey, if, if, if it's, if it's what comes out of a man is yeah. what defiles him. If it's, you know, out of the, you know, no, wickedness in the heart, mm-hmm. you know, bad things be forth, a good fruit, good tree bears, good fruit, bad tree, bad fruit, you know, all those different kinds of things. And I now have to be open to the possibility that, um, Maybe my intentions aren't as pure as I really thought they yes. were. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, which means I'm bad, I'm wrong, I'm yeah. sinful potentially. And, and that's just, that's painful, difficult, yeah. awkward to look at. Our natural posture is self-defense, self-protection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, has been since Genesis chapter three. You know, Adam, God, it was the woman you gave her to mm-hmm. me. You know, not my fault. Not my fault. Um, so, th- so that's at risk. Like my view of myself. Yep. Um, the, you know. For I, I feel this a little bit personally, like as a as a ministry leader, as a pastor, as a shepherd, I'm sure you've experienced this as well as a ministry director, counselor, like um it does feel at times like my qualifications are on the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have to if I acknowledge this thing, like I now I've sinned, now I've done something wrong. I I've done something that that hasn't been in alignment with what I sometimes teach or counsel others. Does yeah. that make me a hypocrite? And so there's there's some defensiveness that, that comes yeah. into that as well. The other thing though that I have experienced as a contributing factor of why it's difficult to lay aside my intentions to consider the impact is what if I, what if there's nothing I can do about it? Yeah. Like, okay, so I really didn't intend this. There wasn't a sinful thing. You're really hurt. Like we want to fix things. Yeah. We want, okay, well I can just do this thing differently, but there's not always a clean, you know, tie a bow on it solution. Right. And so it's a lot easier for me just to go, well, let's talk about, rational logic, hey, yeah. understand these sorts of things rather than just sit in the messiness that goes, there's yeah. not an obvious way forward. Yeah. And none of us like to be in that place. And so we just don't yeah. go there. Yeah. Yeah. You have pain and I've caused, I've done something to cause you pain. I don't, I don't like how that feels and I want to be able to fix it. And so to just sit and kind of listen and witness the pain feels not helpful um, or like, yeah, it's not going to go anywhere. Um, yeah. But it is actually the first step is is to say I see that something is hurting you and I want to have the curiosity to know more about what that is. Yeah, why why is that the first step? Um, if if I can't acknowledge it, then the person is going to always have to be defending. They're going to defending that they're hurt. If I'm not going to believe that they're hurt, I'm not going to look at it. 
um, they're going to, no, this really hurts. It's and like so, the burden of proof. Yeah. Yeah. There's this, this burden of proof that I'm going to, what you did hurt me. Um, and, and again, there could be different reasons for that. And, and let's just, let's just, even, even if it was something from the past, like, which has happened with us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's still love that you would be able to, to be like, that wasn't my intent, but I can put that aside to, to care for the pain. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it feels risky. <laughs> um, yeah. but I'm, I'm thinking of a, a time and it is, it is hard to, to be like, Oh, I've done something that hurt somebody else, mm-hmm. whether I intended it or not. There was, there was a time when, you know, we were doing, um, these classes or these workshops and somebody had come to me and they, they were asking questions about what the setting and the environment was going to be like at the, these workshops. And so I said, yes, you know, this, this will be the setting. It was, it was during COVID. And so just, yes, there'll be, people will be wearing masks. They'll be six feet apart. Um, so, so this person came to the, the workshop and I had kind of like forgotten about that. And it is kind of hard to control settings like that. So there yes. were people that were not everybody <laughs> wore a mask and not everybody was sitting six feet apart. And um, it was like a couple of weeks later, you know, this person came and said, can we have a conversation? And um, confronted me and she said, I really feel hurt and betrayed that you, um, you said the setting was environment was going to be one way and it wasn't. Right. And it took a lot of courage for her to do this. And to say, you, you're right, I was wrong, and I need to to seek your forgiveness. Um, and, and I actually didn't jump to forgiveness right away. I sat more in the pain of being like, yeah, like you you were told something, and um, and it, it didn't play out that way. Yeah. I said it was going to be one way, and it wasn't. Yeah. And there might have been all sorts of reasons for that. Like mm-hmm. you said, you can't, there's a certain degree, like you can't police everything, you can't force sure. everything, like how much do you turn people away like there's everybody had those kinds of conversations and there might have been even elements that were beyond your power to control and yet you promised something essentially Mm -hmm. and her experience of that was you Mm -hmm. did not follow through on what you communicated Mm -hmm. and that put her in a vulnerable state yep and so the the temptation is to be defensive to bring clarity to bring this is why I couldn't you know but to to put that aside and and be like this this hurts you Mm -hmm. and um, to, to the degree that I have ownership, I need to take that. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it is hard. Yeah. It is. Well, what's interesting in that is, and I, to be honest, I have no idea who you're talking about and mm-hmm. I'm not asking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like at least the way that you're portraying it, she did that really respectfully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, can we have a conversation rather yes. than like grabbing you on a Sunday 100%. in front of seven other people? Like, mm-hmm. Hey, let me tell you what Vicky did. And how she's like, yeah. so here's, here's a really honorable, yes. respectful, 100%. curious, mm-hmm. And courageous way. Now, yes. here's the deal. <laughs> That's not always yeah. how we approach somebody else with ways yeah. they've hurt us. Yeah. A lot of times, because I'm hurt, yeah. because I'm confused, because I'm angry, because I feel betrayed, because whatever the situation is, um, the, the way in which I bring up uh, my grievance yeah. is not always the most winsome. Yes. Yeah. Um, Talk about the heart that is necessary to to still respond to that and yeah. to still lean into that even because it yeah. is easy to discredit yeah. the grievance because of how it's being communicated. Yes, I, I agree. So like if the, if the person in their hurt and maybe in their um, unhealthy, unhelpful way of bringing the grievance, can I still hear what's being said and look at the pain even though the way that it's being brought up isn't the, the most helpful? 
And I think it's tempting to be like, well, if you would have said this differently, then I could have heard, you know, like I, I couldn't respond because, but like to be like, oh, then you actually don't have as much control as like you need people to, it is helpful when somebody can come in a healthy way. Yes, but it is definitely helpful. It is definitely helpful. <laughs> but um, to be like, even if it's being brought to me in an unhealthy or unhelpful or elevated or accusatory, um, accusatory yeah. way, can I, can I really, and that's actually more of the practice of like, I'm going to practice entering in because the, this is obviously a hurt and a wound, and can I care for the heart, the wound, the soul, um, and and not be defensive? Um, and that that's actually where uh, healing happens. Yeah. I'm, as you're talking through that, I was thinking about this passage from Matthew chapter 5. Um, and we, we usually, I don't know, say we, I have usually thought about this passage in like some form of like, persecution like we're in the christian church and these yeah. people outside the church and they're against us you know it's, a lot of people have heard this you know you've heard it said it was an eye for an eye tooth for a tooth but i say to you don't resist the one who is evil but if anyone slaps you on the right cheek turn to him the other also if anyone would sue you and take your tunic let him have your cloak as well and if anyone forces you to go to one mile go within two miles yeah second mile would be a great name for a church but anyway, <laughs> inside joke um so so here's this here's this principle and and it is interesting it goes hey do not resist the one who is evil. And I, yeah. that's not saying the person who's bringing the grievance is evil, but there are times where, um, for a variety of reasons, and yes, they need to be able to take ownership of that at some point and go, hey, I, I didn't handle that the best possible way. Um, the biggest concern for for us on the receiving end in that moment is not to critique yes. the the manner of communication mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. to not to essentially paint the other person as evil, yeah. but to go... I'm, I'm going to assume there's something in here that I yeah. need to hear that I yep. like God, God allows ordains like all of these things. Sometimes a lot of times we wish he would do them differently, but God allows and ordains these moments to shape and transform us yeah. and to shape and transform the other people involved. Yeah. If that is true, um, if, if I really believe God is up to something, then there is a degree to which that, that ought to form and shape my heart to be able to go, I'm going to set aside the way that you've brought this up. Yes. Yes. You're attacking me. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're accusing me. Yes. You're, you're, assuming things about my character yeah. or my intentions right now I'm going to turn the other cheek. I'm yeah. going to choose to listen. I'm going to ask more questions. Yeah. I'm going to be open to being slapped again yeah. because I want to understand because I want to yeah. enter in. Um, and there's just a, like, even in the, like his longest sermon in the mm-hmm. Beatitudes, like this seems to be a pretty significant yeah. moment that Jesus is getting at. Yeah. And it's easy to talk about. It is really hard to do. Like when you're in the conversation mm-hmm. and, you know, your heart starts beating and you're, you know, <laughs> like you have this physiological yeah. reactions that, that, that you're going to have to be aware to be aware of and maybe even like take a couple of breaths mm-hmm. or, um, but, you know, the question that comes to mind is what is that risk? Right. If, if I put my, everything I want to say aside and enter into what they're saying, even when they're bringing it, you know, in an accusatory way, um, wh- what is that risk? Um, and what, what can be gained if I, if I do do it is, you know, the greater, what's at risk is they may not really ever understand, right? They, they may walk away, um, with their narrative that, that I feel like isn't a full, fully accurate about who I am or my character or, um, and, but what's, to, what's to be gained is maybe there's connection or healing that can happen or trust can be built. Um, and it's not to say that, that at some point you might be able to talk about the way that they brought it up. We're not saying that right. they get necessarily always get a free pass, but maybe that time they do, right? As, as you're um, growing and helping to yeah. help somebody. Um, 
So, yeah. so one of the other things that we've, so, we, you know, we just talk a, quite a, a bit here at length about, um, you know, the impact intent, kind of the dynamics of trying to enter in on some of that. Um, one of the things that, that we touched on a bit through, through some of the episodes this season that I thought would be helpful to kind of press a little bit more into is this idea of, um, of ownership and responsibility. Yeah. So not just the, Hey, I'm going to lay aside my need for intent. Yeah. Or for you to understand my intent, but but now where where there's actually like whether I fully agree with your interpretation or not, there are clearly some ways laid out yeah. in which I have hurt you, um, yeah. that I have created a dividing wall of hostility, whatever language you want to use. But like, there's a conflict between the two of us. I have to own my part of it. Yeah. I, what is that like? Ta- start talking a little bit just about the importance of responsibility ownership. What does that look like? Yeah. What are some things we think it looks like that yeah. it doesn't actually look like? Yeah, talk a little yeah. bit through that. Yeah, I think taking ownership and responsibility for what I'm bringing and my contribution to the the conflict, the conversation, you know, the ill will or the anger that I'm bringing and the ways that I express it. So, like, if I um, raise my voice or yell or, you know, whatever, throw something, whatever it is, um, can I take ownership and say, um, that didn't help the situation. That only caused to further elevate the situation it didn't de-escalate it yeah it served to escalate it um and it it is hard to say something I've done even even in the midst of like maybe you've you've also done right you were also doing the same thing back the other person is and they may not own it they may not own their contribution um but to say the thing I brought didn't help and I'm sorry um and my contribution I want to be healthy and, and engaging. I am, you know, it, it also can look like, I'm actually thinking thinking about something that happened between me and you. Oh, shoot. Where are you going? <laughs> I'm nervous. Um, so you didn't yeah. tell me about this beforehand. Yeah, because yeah, God just brought it to right. mind. And, um, yeah, so. Oh, let me step back, take a deep breath, be prepared for whatever grievance. No, you're, it's, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'd like to raise a grievance, Mark. No. Get um, my uh, lemon head and suck on that for a little bit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I had sent a slack message oh yeah yes oh sorry this is going the other way around never mind yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm ready let's do it (laughs) i i had sent a slack message and um whatever it was i had kind of put a smiley face emoji that was inappropriate for whatever i had sent (laughs) and and you got it and but when when you said hey vicky can i ask you a question you know in this slack message you put this emoji smile smiley face it could have just been because the way I woke up and the way I read it and it, it really kind of annoyed me or annoyed you um <laughs> yeah it, it, I remember what you're talking about I won't go into specifics but like it it rubbed me the wrong way yeah. and I I it led me to begin assuming things about your intention that like really were in conflict with how I had already experienced you on that subject yeah. and so I was feeling a little disoriented yeah. and I was ready to be a little mad yes Yes. yes. <laughs> and maybe you even were a little bit upset, but when you brought it to me, it was, it, I think it took work on your part because you came in with curiosity mm-hmm. and you said, help me understand why after that you put this smiley face because it was incongruent with, yeah. um, and, and it made me be like, I actually like, so now there's ownership that I can take. Like, yeah, like it was inappropriate for me to put the smiley face, you know, and, and that's a small, small thing, but I think practicing it in, in those moments, it, it matters. Like one, can, can we confront in cur- curious ways? Mm-hmm. Um, and then can I take ownership of like, yes, this, it really was yeah, not a helpful thing to do and, <laughs> and I shouldn't have done it. And yeah. thank you for bringing it. And I'm sorry, you know, like, so, but we didn't get there 
overnight, <laughs> right? No, like that was that, a couple of years into to working together. Yes, you know, and so like, <laughs> um, but being thankful for those opportunities, like one, practicing bringing it, and two, practicing receiving it, and being like, um, yeah. Now, if I had been like, oh, that wasn't my intent, and you know, like you you misinterpreted, and it's not yeah. that you're just being too sensitive. You're being too. Yeah. That would have only served probably to fuel your anger. Yeah. That actually would have reinforced what I was tempted to believe. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And and in part, I think what you were highlighting, there was maybe, this is the hard part that you kind of mentioned, there was maybe a little bit of truth behind it mm. that, that was being confronted in me that, that in God's grace, he would it would be confronted. And that is for my sanctification that you would, yeah, you, you would with humility and curiosity um, ask me about that. Yeah. So, so in that, you know, yes, we do, we do need to kind of hold our own intentions yeah. with a grain of salt, hold them loosely, assuming yeah. like, I tend to think the best of my intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't always know the depths of my own heart and I can mm-hmm. deceive myself, all that kind of stuff. Um, but there, there are genuinely times where there has not been intention. Yes. Where like, I have not sinned. Yes. I haven't done something wrong. Mm-hmm whether it was ignorance or blindness or mm-hmm. actually the other person, you, somebody else, like just being in a not good, not in a good frame of mind or yeah. coming out of some, like this is too reminiscent of a previously traumatic experience, yes. like any mm-hmm. of those kinds of things. There's, there's unintentional pain that we cause. Yeah. Um, and there are times where it's like, no, I, <laughs> I said what I meant. Yes. <laughs> like the, the, the brokenness or the shame or the guilt or whatever that you're feeling right now is exactly what I wanted you to feel. Yeah. You know, um, welcome to being a parent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there, we, we do that too often. Right. Yeah. So, so there is that contrast. Like there are times where it's unintentional yeah, and there are times where it's intentional. Yeah. Um, there's, there's something, there's something, there's a common denominator between those two situations. That being the person on the receiving end is still hurt. Yes. Yep. Um, but there is a difference in what, what do I need to do with that? Right. Yeah. so there's a, there's a kind of obscure passage in numbers 15 that, um, that, kind of gives these sacrificial laws, one for unintentional sins yes. and yep. one for intentional sins. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the language of sin is still there in both. Yeah. What's interesting is I was, I was reading through this earlier is that the laws for unintentional sins include this language because it was a mistake. Yeah. So like there's this, it is, it is making this, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's making this like the, the possibility that like, Hey, th- this genuinely was a mistake. Yeah. And yet there's still a devastating impact of yeah. it. And so therefore there's still a sacrifice that needs to be made. It still needs to be taken yeah. seriously so much so that like built into the, the covenantal sacrificial law was this series of very specific steps of the kind of animal and yeah. how to sacrifice and what to do and who's involved. Um, but the person like the part of the responsibility taking responsibility and ownership is for, for an unintentional sin is when it's brought to your attention being willing to do something about it yeah. rather than just go, well, not my intention. But then on the flip side, you have the intentional sin yeah. where it's like, I knew it. I knew yeah. it was wrong. I knew I was against God. I knew the impact it would have. And I chose to do yeah. it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually then some warnings against yeah. intentional sin yeah. that, that is not there against an intentional sin where it's like, Hey, if yeah. you do this stuff with a high hand and you don't like God, God's going to hold that against you. Like there's going to yeah. be consequences of that pr- pretty devastating ones. And so like, one of the things that I just that's been on my mind through the course of of this podcast we've been recording it, we haven't done a lot of warning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I I do kind of want to just issue a bit of a warning to myself. Mm. Like you got to start with me, right? Mm-hmm. And I have like six kids. I 
probably do this really poorly every day. My wife can attest to that. But like, um, I do want to issue a bit of a warning. One thing that we are always responsible for, no matter what, is taking responsibility and taking ownership of what I've done and how it has hurt someone else who and and affected someone else who is made in the image of God. Yeah. I don't have the freedom to deflect away from that simply because of my intentions or something else. I've done something. It's affected somebody else because they're made in the image of God. Loving them and loving Jesus means stepping into that, seeing it and attempting to do something about it. And when we don't, when we fall back on our intentions, when we argue, when we deflect, when we minimize, when we justify, when we excuse, when we explain, when we demand mutuality, well, you did this too. Um, we are entering into a, a dangerous place spiritually. Um, and I actually, um, I want to read this from Numbers 15. Um, and it's in verse 30. It says, the person who does anything with a high hand, mm-hmm. meaning this, like, I know it's wrong, I do it anyway. Yeah. And by the way, even if it was unintentional, once it's brought to your attention, yes, it's-, it's no longer unintentional. Like, mm-hmm. now you know. The person who does anything with a high hand, whether he's a native or a sojourner, reviles the Lord and that person shall be cut off from among his people because he has despised the word of the Lord and has broken Mm. his commandment. Um, That person shall be utterly cut off. His iniquity shall be on him. And so I do think there's a place for an appropriate warning, like in conflict, um, there is something specific that God calls us to, which is love that fights for the lower place. Love that considers another person and love that enters and says, what do I, what did I do? What was bad about it? What was the impact it had on you? How can I acknowledge that? How can I make that right? When we don't take steps in that direction, we are walking in a vain, very dangerous direction away from the heart of God. Yeah. When you're talking, I'm thinking a couple of things. One is when I say something to hurt somebody else, um, it is actually very difficult to say that was my intention. Mm-hmm. I said that, and I don't want to acknowledge that that that's in me but the heart is wicked and deceptive above all things right yeah. so like i i can be deceived by my own heart and i want to say no 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 i didn't i didn't mean it you just misinterpreted it when no actually <laughs> i said what i said to hurt you yeah. i was my intention was to wound you yeah and i've done it to my husband i've done it to my kids um even even to friends right like that's that's hard to to name but I think about, um, it's in First John 1, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive. So there's freedom um, because there's there's a provision for it. Yeah. And, that, and owning it actually, the very thing that we don't want to do is the very thing that, that will lead to life and freedom, which is, is saying this, naming it, acknowledging reality, this is what my heart is. Yeah. And I need a savior. And you experience my need for a savior. Yeah. That's, as you were talking through that, it made me think, I'm reading through Hebrews right now in my Bible in a year plan, and and I just finished up kind of the middle section, uh, like Hebrews 6 through 10, and this this theme gets repeated multiple times that that Christ is um, seated at the right hand of the Father, but that he is continually ready to make intercession for us. Yes. Um, we talk mm-hmm. about this in the Advent series, the, the last message of the, the Advent series, that Christ is our advocate. And, you know, the first verse of first John chapter two, right after the verse you mentioned, he's faithful and just to, to forgive us our sins. The first verse of chapter two then talks about, um, so yeah, don't sin, 
But mm. if and when you do remember mm. that Christ our advocate is yeah. already in place, so often functionally the reason why we don't enter in, the reason why we defend is we are trying to be our own advocates. Yeah. Like I need an advocate. Yeah. Yeah. What if I'm what if I'm worse? And so we yeah. try to doctor that up and and when we do that, we actually rob ourselves of the experience of how Jesus has already and is continuing to advocate for us. Yeah. Um, and so if, if I, I'm actually like trying to take that away from Jesus yeah. and protect and advocate yeah. and defend and explain myself, and he's already done that. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm justified because you uh, misinterpreted me, <laughs> I actually don't need Jesus. Yeah. I'm, I'm justified by, or if I'm defending myself, I actually don't need Jesus. You know, so we, uh, yeah. And so to be like, I, ultimately I, I need Jesus. And it's for our sanctification. Um, it's for us becoming more and more like Christ and that which isn't like him is, is sanctified out of us. Um, yeah. and one of the, the last thing that I was, I was thinking about, um, is one of the things that I've seen play out commonly is there's, there's always a point of frustration in some kind of relational conflict, whether there's mediation, whether there's counseling, whatever it is, there's, there's always this moment of, of frustration where I am, I feel like, and a lot of times I am, I'm trying to own my contributions. Yeah. Here are the bricks that I put on the dividing wall of hostility. Yeah. Yeah. I can only own the bricks that I put on there. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I don't feel like you mm-hmm. are doing the same thing mm-hmm. on your end. Um, that's, that's tough to maneuver through because it yeah. may actually be a true statement. Yeah. Um, and, and yet, like, how, what encouragement do you give to people to, to keep the focus on like, Hey, I, I can't control what the other person does. I can only control what I need to take responsibility for. And yet I'm still being impacted. The relationship is still damaged because they aren't doing the same thing or they, you know, how do you, how do you kind of walk somebody through that, help somebody who's wrestling with that, that kind of dichotomy? Um, one thing that comes to mind is this kind of goes back to the conversation on boundaries, you know, and I think about scripture says, as far as it is up to, to you, live at peace with one another. So yeah. I, as far as it is up to me, I'm going to um, live at peace. I'm going to take ownership. I'm going to um, have a forgiving spirit. I'm going to um, listen to other people and have them speak into my blind spots, um, you know, take counsel from other believers. And yeah, I still, in all of that, that doesn't guarantee that the other person is going to be doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so can I live with disappointment? And then maybe I do need to put, um, a boundary in place, whatever that means. Maybe, maybe it is, um, distance or maybe it is, um, yeah, whatever, whatever it is, but maybe there's a place actually for lament Mm. and, um, yeah, we're, we're in a, a a J curve, so to speak, a a death, like the path of Jesus is, is this isn't how I wanted it to go yet on the side of heaven. It, um, maybe there's more work (laughs) that's going to need to be done. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm curious. Do you have more thoughts about that? Nothing practical, which is what always frustrates usually guys I'm talking to in these yeah. kinds of situations, um, because um, there, there's an aspect to which a lot of times what they're experiencing is part of reality. Like, hey, I'm trying to do these things. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, she's still name calling, or this friend mm-hmm. is still like, I'm trying. I'm I'm now being acting with integrity and taking ownership of stuff. And I'm watching this other person who's involved in this by actually taking advantage of that. Um, and the danger that I see in that is, and I think it's a, I think it's a tactic of Satan. Um, 
the danger is, how that really subtly leads us into that kind of Luke 18 Pharisee versus tax collector, mm. where I begin to look at the real genuine work that I've done. Yeah. And rather than looking at that and going, Jesus, thank you for the gift of your spirit, how you've humbled me, how you've helped me, like this is not normally in me, you have done this, how then it kind of actually then leads to a place of, man, thank God I'm not like that person who still won't repent. Like, look at all the ownership yeah. I've taken. They won't do. And so mostly just like another one of those warnings, like to, to Satan will sometimes try to get us to see our progress and actually for what it is yeah. and to see our, our good works, our sanctification, our steps of humility and, and start patting us on the back. Yeah. Man, yeah. look, wouldn't it be nice so if they did this. that too? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a really alluring. Yeah. Because yes, it would be nice. Yeah. And actually that, that would be helpful if they would. And I yeah. can't do that. And so there's, when you talk about the lament, yeah. Um, I think there's an aspect both of, you know, Matthew 6 is this theme that's repeated of, hey, if you're doing something, um, don't do it for external horizontal rewards, acknowledgement, appreciation from other people. Um, your father who sees in secret, reward in secret. So God knows the intentions. God sees and is pleased by those steps of faith and, and repentance and obedience, even if the other person doesn't see it even if the other person isn't reciprocating that in, yeah. in the conflict relation of God sees and is pleased by that. Um, and so I can rejoice and take yeah. comfort in the fact that God sees that and it's meaningful to him. And at the same time, lament and man, God, I really wish that mm -hmm. there was more progress at this court. Like I want to see this happen, but, but not for me, Yeah, not because it will make my life easier. It'll make us more comfortable. Like, but I want that for them. Because yeah. I know that the freedom and the joy and the contentment that's brought me, I want them to experience that too. And lament leads me to a different way of considering the other person and of humility and love for them rather than the pride that says <laughs> they just need yeah. to be more like me. Yeah. And so I think there's multiple things to lament. One is, yeah, may maybe the other person isn't able for whatever reason um, to, to contribute or, you know, to be able to, to enter into the, the reconciliation process. So lamenting that. But then also lamenting... My, there's something I did and I had a contribution to this yeah. and, and it, even if it wasn't intended, um, I'm going to steal a quote from you. Oh boy. I, I wrote it down cause it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> if, um, yeah, even if it's not my intent, um, what I did led to this and I didn't mean it. What else am I capable of mm -hmm. that, that I'm not meaning, you know? So there's, um, yeah, like Matt, my husband will, will say this, um, but by the grace of God, there I go too. Like I'm not above being being tempted or falling into temptation or um, I have blind spots. I can be, I deceive myself. I can be deceived. So yeah, yeah, we need to not, <laughs> we need to be warned <laughs> to, yeah. yeah. Well, the last thing I wanted to say, because this is kind of like the debrief recap thing. Um, this This whole season has been fun. It's been just enjoyable to sit across from people who have really struggled through a lot of this stuff and have slogged through it and have pursued Jesus and have screwed up and have sought yes. forgiveness and have worked through things and seen God work. But honestly, the most meaningful, impactful moment of all these different recordings we've done was actually with Matt. Mm. Um, and it was, and so this isn't a warning, this is an exhortation. Mm. Um, w the thing that God used to stop Matt in his tracks and go, wait a second, I can listen to my wife, Yeah, was this passage from 2 Kings 5 mm. that if you were preaching that passage, you would never apply it to this topic. Right. Like there's not this obvious connection. Um, and yet 
Matt's immersion in scripture and his faithfulness to keep hearing and submitting himself to the word of God um, opened him up to that moment where God was going, hey, think about this. And And it shifted that dynamic in that moment in your marriage and that experience of conflict. And then it opened up for him to invite you into something like that later on. Yeah. And, but it was this, like I said, nobody would ever think about that passage, but because, you know, he's not just, you know, devotionals are good. Yeah. Worship music is good. There's all these things that are good. Blogs, podcasts are great. They're poor substitutes for engaging with the living and active word yes. of God, which is sharper than 92 edged sword, piercing to the division of soul mm-hmm. and spirit. Like, this is the purpose of the word of God. And so one of the best things that we can do, like, hey, how do I engage in a healthy, God-honoring way in conflict? Has way less to do with how you engage in a healthy, God-honoring way in conflict. Like the, we'll do X, Y, and Z, and a yes. whole lot more to do of like, who's confronting you? Yeah. Who are you, Whose word are you listening to? How are you subjecting yourself? Like, how does scripture confront you? How does scripture draw these things out in you? How does, when you read this, like, how does that bring out, oh man, here's this, here's this area. Because scripture brings conflict into our lives yes. and it forces us to engage with a holy and righteous God that we pale in comparison to. Um, and so that, that exhortation for me, for me and for the rest of us is the best thing we can do is to, to immerse ourselves, bathe yeah. in scripture, um, and, and that is something that God will inevitably use in those individual moments of conflict, regardless yeah. of how big or seemingly small yeah. the, the, the subject of conflict may seem to be. Yeah, a couple of things, because like you said, like that passage wouldn't be like, oh, this is a passage I'm <laughs> listening, right? And, and yet um, the living and active word of God um, affected his heart. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say that was a watershed moment in wow. our relationship. Like that, like his, his ability... Um, and willingness to be confronted by scripture, like the, it, it confronted him and then his, to yield to it yeah. and, and to submit to scripture, thus to, to the request that I was having, um, led to both of us um, growing in relationship, but also in the Lord and, um, and for both of our sanctification. And yeah, um, yeah it's, it's the living and active word. It surprises <laughs> us and yeah. <laughs> like I said, us. that was my, that was my most meaningful moment in, in all this, just from where I'm mm-hmm. sitting. Um, as we conclude this episode and this season of talking to humans, I want to turn it over to you. Your last thoughts, inclinations, exhortations, rebukes, warnings, just any kind of last things you want to share with, with us. Just really what comes to my mind and heart is it, it's for our sanctification. Hmm. Um, that, that when we're being confronted and there is conflict, um, it is a great opportunity uh, to to have our heart be examined, um, really, this my, my prayer is like that we would become more like Christ, that we'd have the mind of Christ, and that happens living in community and in relationship. Um, people are going to see things about us that we can't see, and so letting them speak into it um, really is a gift. And we don't experience it that way, but it, it truly is. Amen. That's great. Well, thank you for uh, sharing that with us. Thanks for letting me be your co-host for uh, this podcast. That's going to conclude season three of Talking to Humans. Uh, I have no idea what the future has in store, (laughs) but whatever it is, uh, we look forward to to participating in that in any way, shape, or form. But uh, thanks for engaging with us uh, with this season of Talking to Humans. We'll see you soon.